The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open again to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 3, we just want to read one verse after a word of prayer and finish setting the context for this series on the unsearchable riches of Christ. Our Father, I come now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Word of God which stands eternal, inerrant, infallible, indestructible, inspired, the very breath of God and mind of God revealed to man. Thank you for such a book as the book, the Bible. Bless this time of preaching for your glory and honor, I pray. And in Jesus' name, I ask my prayer, amen and amen. Ephesians 3, verse 8, Paul says, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, we're explaining that the context is that of the mystery truths, which in previous ages was not made known unto the sons of men. And I believe it encompasses the truths concerning Christ in the believer, the believer in Christ, and the believer in the church, whether he be Jew or Gentile, and then the church in the world. These are mystery truths. And in this context, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs with the Jews and of the same body 
and partakers of His promise in Christ, God's promise in Christ by the gospel. This is the context for the unsearchable riches of Christ. They cannot be sought out. They must be revealed by the Spirit of God. We cannot find them. We cannot trace them. We can search and we can try and we can look, but it takes the revelation of God in the Scriptures to just scratch the surface and to catch just a glimpse and gain just a very finite understanding of who Jesus truly is. And so to consider Christ then in all of his riches is to go all the way back to the beginning, even to creation. Notice verse 9. Paul said, this grace was given to me that he should what? Preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and verse 9, and to make all men see. Here is the job of the preacher. Here is his calling to give his life to making Christ known and making men to see Christ and his cross and his church and his coming again and his crowning, oh yes, and so much more. But to see Christ first, then go back to creation. In verse 9, he continues to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, notice, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Before the creation, Christ was already there, and he is the creator God. We see then his exalted position of sovereignty over creation. You and I have natural or physical life only because of Christ. But then in verse 10, he says, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. To consider Christ in all of his riches, then go back to creation. To consider Christ in all of his riches and see how God with power and authority injected the church into the midst of the ages and in this time of parenthesis, in this age of grace and of the church, how God is presently using the church to display the many aspects of his wisdom in the unseen realm, even to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. And see his exalted position of supremacy in the church. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, he is the head of the church. And we can only have spiritual life because of Christ. We continue and consider this, that Christ in all of his riches is to see that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1, verse 3. And only in him can we come boldly. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 and 18. 
And in our context, verse 11 and 12, it is in him we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Christ. Not only his exalted position of sovereignty over creation, his exalted position of supremacy in the church, but we see his exalted position of sufficiency in Christianity. He is the believer's assurance. In him, we have boldness and access with confidence. We see the creation, we see the church, but we see the confidence of the believer because of the very faith of Christ. He is our sufficiency. He is all we have. Yea, he is therefore all that we need. He's our peace. He's our assurance. And in him and of him and through him, we have abundant life. This journey then along the pathway of the unsearchable riches of Christ will take us to creation and then on to the condescension of Christ and to Calvary to embrace Christ and his cross. And then that is to receive eternal life and be brought into the church of the living God. And then once in his body, we are brought into that place of confidence and assurance because we now belong to him and we can therefore abide in him and we can live in the spirit and walk of the spirit and be led of the spirit and be filled with the spirit and bear the fruit of the spirit. And what a glorious privilege it is to be a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. It's noteworthy that in this book of Ephesians, these riches of Christ are said to be the riches of his grace in chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7. Then there's what I call the riches of his goodness or his mercy, verse 4 of chapter 2. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. But then the riches of his glory, chapter 1, verse 18, and chapter 3, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Grace is God's kindness toward man through Christ Jesus the Lord. It is when and where God gives us what we do not deserve. Goodness or mercy is God's kindness toward man through Christ Jesus the Lord, wherein he does not give us what we do deserve. And then glory, grace and goodness and glory. Glory is God's divine dignity that draws forth either the praise of the saint, as we see him clothed in majesty, power, and holiness, and at other times it draws forth the ire and reproach of the unbeliever, for they despise the riches of God's goodness, and they refuse the riches of God's grace, and therefore they reject and ridicule the riches of God's glory. It matters not, he is nonetheless yet virtuous and victorious, and he deserves our worship. And so our next time together, the Lord willing, 
we will begin looking at Christ and his creation. And there we will see him in John chapter 1 is where we will go. We will see Christ as the sovereign. Chapter 1 of John verses 1 through 5. And then we will see Christ as the Savior. John chapter 1 verses 6 through 13. And then we will see Christ as the servant. He who was incarnate in flesh. John chapter 1 verses 14 through 18. I'm glad he's the infinite one. Eternal. Before the beginning but I'm glad he's the incarnate one. He is the man Christ Jesus. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Friend, dear listener, do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? I pray if you know him not, that you would come to him and call out on his name today that you might be saved. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.